Welcome to the Pinning Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher with the Gazette, alongside Hall of Fame coach and wrestler Dick Briggs, uh, bringing you uh, uh, college and high school uh, wrestling talk, and results, and everything in between here uh, as we uh, really get into the maybe the full season, I guess I would call it, uh, uh, Briggsy, now that. Uh, High school is in beginning competition. Uh, college has been going for about a month now, uh, so now we can really say we're we're getting in full the full swing of things, aren't we? Absolutely, everyone's in full gear, and you know, high school is an- anxious and and ready to go. Some have even had a meet here or there, but uh, most fire up tomorrow, and then the big tournaments on Saturday. Of course, college has some huge tournaments as well, and or some things going on, uh, huge competitions uh, at the D3 level, D1 level, and everything. So, mm-hmm. well, let's start with uh, the college uh, landscape uh, right now. Um, you know, uh, all three schools competed this last weekend here in the state of Iowa, D1 schools, that is. Uh, kind of a interesting deal in Iowa City with how things really kind of played out. Uh, Iowa State had duels on Saturday and then uh, the Harold Nichols Open on Sunday that you and I also attended. But uh, let's start with uh, the University of Iowa in that situation that uh, they were supposed to originally supposed to wrestle Oregon State on Saturday. Uh, That uh, duel got moved back when Oregon State suffered some travel issues. I uh, believe there were some mechanical issues with a plane. Then they decided to kind of split up and, and try to get people here. And then there were delays and everybody was pretty much separated for their team. And uh, they weren't able to make it here on Sunday. Uh, Iowa reached out to Army, who wrestled Iowa State on Saturday. And were set for the Harold Nichols Open on, on Sunday. Um, and, and Army agreed to come and duel, step in for, for Oregon on short notice uh, on Sunday and, and wrestle at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Yeah, I feel sorry for Oregon State because, you know, that's an, a big opportunity to wrestle at Carver in front of the big crowd and against the number one team in the nation. Uh, and it, it sounded like it was going to be a mess. You know, even, I don't know if they could have made it, evidently not, but, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's nice that, that Army – and I know that Coach Brands reached out to Army and also to Cal Baptist, and uh, to uh, and uh, you know there's you know, so it's fortunate that Army was was uh, ready, willing, and able to jump in. But you know that's kind of their motto. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and uh, it, it was one of those things where uh, uh, Coach Kevin Ward went to the team, asked them if they wanted to do it. He said, uh, you know, they they agreed and jumped at it. It was their decision. So. Uh, the good thing is they had 20 guys uh, on the trip with them. So it's not like they left the brackets uh, of the Harold Nichols, you know, open. Uh, they still had guys stay back and compete names and kind of fulfill that uh, uh, commitment uh, to, to the tournament there on Sunday, but then got, uh, uh, you know, the other half of the team, Iowa City to compete. Uh, I believe the phone call started on Friday night, and 48 hours later, they're done uh, uh, wrestling in Iowa City. 
Um, kind of, kind of a neat deal. And like you said, uh, you know, Cal Baptist, Baptist was also contacted. Lenny Zaleski was game two, and uh, because of the situation and their willingness to help Iowa out, now Iowa is going uh, to West Point next year, and uh, Cal Baptist is going to be uh, uh, a future opponent for for Iowa also. Right. And there weren't, there weren't a lot of teams at the Harold Nichols. And then when the Army pulled their varsity, it became even more thin. Uh, I'm, we're not quite sure what you and I's lineup will be yet because they haven't had a dual meet. So I'm anxious to see. I mean, we can pretty much guess a few of the weights and uh, maybe about seven of them I was kind of putting together. And then there's three, I think, that had question marks. We'll, we'll just wait and see. what They wrestled Missouri this week, and Missouri's number three. So uh, we're going to find out real quick. Uh, you know, where you and I is at and they're a fairly young team, but you know, they also have, you know, their, 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 uh, na uh national third place winner, uh, Parker, uh, Kikison was, is, um, um, you know, he's only a sophomore. So, and I don't know how many competition he has left <laughs> with that additional year bonus year. So. Um, well, anyway, the, uh, the Iowa army meet, uh, kind of went, Maybe as you would expect uh, a little bit. Iowa won eight out of the ten uh, ten matches. Uh, Army won at one forty nine and one ninety seven. Um, and they actually, uh, a, a big weekend for uh, PJ Ogunsanya, the forty nine pounder from Army. He beat Jared Dagan um, on Saturday um, in the duel. I think it was four to three. And then he turned around and, and beat Kobe Siebrecht. Uh, uh, you know, in a lopsided match, I, I think it was a major decision there um, after Seabrecht won by uh, Tech against Princeton. So big weekend for for him, uh, uh, sweeping the two Iowa schools. But right, I, um, I don't know what he was. I don't know what he was ranked coming in, but he certainly turned heads. You know, this weekend beat two pretty decent wrestlers, I would say, and and so we'll see where he lands on the rankings this, this week. Yeah, I think he was right on the verge of uh, like 1920 or something like that, or even 21. Um, but yeah, he certainly uh, um, made a name for himself a little bit um, with those two wins. Um, you know, the the uh, the Iowa Army duel really, nothing really jumps out huge. Uh, you know, Jesse Ibarra uh, debuted and got a win in overtime. Um, you know, Cassiope rebounded and got a fall, um, after what happened against Princeton. Um, you know, Miles Wilson got the call again at, uh, 184, uh, Nelson Brands wrestled and, instead of Kemmerer at, uh, 74, but, uh, really not a lot of surprises, not, uh, not a lot of eye-popping results from, uh, that duel. No, I, I mean, I don't know how it, uh, you know, Glazier lost at 97, so I don't know how strong the, the Army 97-pounder uh, Brown is, but, but uh, uh, you know, that, I'm guessing, was probably a slight disappointment for, certainly for Glazier and maybe for the coaches as well, but, but uh, otherwise, you know, pretty solid performance, I'd say. And again, we got that fractured lineup, and I think we're going to get that, see that all year long, except for maybe the high-powered meets. Yeah, you know, and that's one thing I guess to touch on here a, a little bit. I almost, I almost get a feeling of a little bit of frustration from Tom Brands being asked about it all the time. Um, 
But I mean, it's something that you've got to ask about. I mean, you know, you haven't seen Kemmerer yet at 174. Uh, you know, there's always kind of a sod hanging around at uh, 84. And if it's Miles Wilson or, or a sod, uh, you know, 97. Warner wrestled uh, in the Luther Open uh, a little bit. Um, but, you know, when will we see him? And, of course, Spencer, you know, what, what are you going to do with Lee? And when will he uh, appear? You know, I, I think there's a lot of things that are factoring into reasons why, you know, there's probably some injuries, some, you know, some things trying to, to rest or come back from, from things maybe even giving guys a chance when you have the opportunity since you kind of have this log jam of talent with the COVID years and stuff. Um, you know, that transfer portal makes it really easy for guys to take off and, and leave if they're not happy with, uh, mm -hmm. you know, how they're being used. So you got to try to balance it and keep everybody happy with, you know, dealing with the expectations of the fans. Yeah. You've touched on some interesting points there, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's not unlike maybe Coach Ferentz in football. You know, he has to go through that. And, you know, maybe it's maybe it's a weekly sort of situation for some of the guys. I, you know, I think there's some concern or at least attention uh, as to what happened at the national tournament last year. And, and uh, you know, with um, only coming out with one national champion, you know, they won the, they won the tournament, had one national champion. So maybe there's a little bit of focus on that to, to, to have a different approach going throughout the season where maybe the guys, they felt, I don't know, I'm just guessing, but maybe they felt they were not uh, prepared, they were overworked, maybe, I don't know. It's, you know. So maybe they're taking a different approach so that they have a different end result. And, uh, you know, if it ends up that they lose a, a duel or something here and they have a better outcome at Nationals, that's okay. You know, I, I think that's smart coaching personally. So we'll see, we'll see what, how it works out. But all of those things you mentioned and maybe those additional ones as well. Well, uh, let's uh, let's backtrack to Saturday where, uh, you know, Army, as we mentioned, Army competed at uh, Iowa State, and so did uh, Cal Baptist. And, you know, Iowa State continues to look uh, pretty strong so far. Uh, Iowa State came away with a 25-9 victory over uh, Army and then blanked uh, Cal Baptist 39-0 um, there as well. You know, Iowa won 36-7, so pretty similar results um, for the most part. You know, but uh, I tell you, Iowa State, I, I've been impressed with uh, how Iowa State has looked overall here in these first couple open tournaments and then, you know, uh, taking care of business like they should have against uh, these two teams. Yeah, they have some uh... – maybe a couple of question marks where they're still trying to fill in. Plus there's a lot of growth room for growth at Iowa state. I think um, uh, coming to mind is a 97 pounder. Uh, is it younger Batista? Uh, this, yep. Uh, I'm probably mis mispronouncing that, but uh, you know, there's a guy that still to me has room for growth because he's wrestled international style freestyle probably most of his life came, came in last year and just watching him throughout the year. And I, and I got to see him a, a few times and, and his growth, and particularly on the mat, you know, because you don't do much of that in international wrestling. So, uh, I, you know, I think there's room for growth there. 
Um, you know, it, it, as far as uh, as the duel, we, we we saw their lineup. They held a couple of them out, or for whatever reason, uh, a few of them didn't wrestle in the Harold Nichols, and uh, you know, so the results there, you know, might be skewed a little bit. But but uh, yeah, I agree with you. It's fun to watch Iowa State. I think they're, you know, what honestly, I'm gonna tell you right now, with, with the Iowa Iowa State duel, the kind of venturing away and focusing towards that a little bit. But I, you know. You know, Iowa State, depending on what lineup Iowa puts out there, this could be a closer meet than you think. You know, I might have it four matches or on a best best day case scenario, maybe even five and five, depending on who Iowa puts out and if Iowa State hits on all cylinders. You know, that's you know, that's the not the best case scenario for Iowa, but certainly for Iowa State. But interesting to look at it. Sure. And uh you know, uh, uh, Dagan bounced back uh, after that loss to Ogunsanya and, and uh, uh, got a big major. You know, David Carr uh, went 2 0. Kind of interested to see how 125 shakes out for uh, for Iowa State. We saw uh, how uh, Corey Kabamban uh, had a big win. Uh, I think it was just last week over Brody Teske. Um, and of course, Turkina, I think, won in the finals uh, when they took off. But see, both of them uh, wrestled at 25 with Turkina getting a major over Jake Stodd from, from Army. Um, and then uh, Kabamban with a 2 0 victory over Devin Garcia of Cal Baptist. So, uh, right. And there's, there's that an example of growth. I think both of those, no matter which one becomes the man at the end of the year or whatever, they're certainly going to, and when you have two that are pushing each other like that, there you go. You're going to have, I mean, there's obviously going to move forward, not backwards. Mm -hmm. uh, Marcus Coleman uh, looked good again. Um, you know, a, a tech fall and, and a decision. Um, so that, uh, that still shows his, uh, Success early on this year. You mentioned uh, Bastida uh, as well. So, um, again, uh, big week highlighted by that uh, Iowa-Iowa State duel next Sunday. Um, kind of looking over uh, the probable lineups that we, we've seen right now. Um, you could see uh, – uh, Probably Terrakina and Ibarra at 125. Um, you've got uh, DeSanto and Ramazan um, at 133. The interesting thing with Iowa State's lineup uh, is you got Ian Parker listed at 141 or 149 uh, with Zach Redding uh, and Jarrett Dagan, the other half of those two. Uh, weight classes in the either or. Right, that um, Parker we haven't seen yet this year. So I honestly I forgot all about Parker uh, fitting back in there. Yeah, and I know he's ranked sixth uh, by win at one forty one. But it'll be interesting to see. You know, Dagan. Uh, you know, Redding's uh, done pretty well so far. You know, he went two and zero last week uh, um, as well, but. You know, will Parker be down to 41? You know, will they give uh, Dagan a little bit of a break and wrestle uh, Ian Parker at 49? Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how 
that kind of plays out because, uh, you know, you got Ironman at 41, uh, who you would think would be a favorite against either one. Um, but then, you know, either Parker or Dagan against Seabrecht, I, I think that's one that uh, Iowa State's thinking um, that, they can, that they can take there. Yeah, if, if if Parker can get in there, I think so. Uh -huh. You know, uh, I think I I personally had about four toss ups. That's what I was leaning. <laughs> if Iowa State won all four of those toss ups, and maybe they're not even toss ups, but you know, um, you know that's plus I, they're obviously favored at fifty seven with Carr. So throw that in there, and there's the five on five. But then you're gonna have bonus points for Iowa, I'm sure. And uh, um, so you know. I don't see it going five matches to five matches, but that, you know, that was me trying to figure out if it could be close. <laughs> sure. sure. And, and here's the rest of the probables listed. Uh, take them with a grain of salt because it's Tuesday. And obviously a lot of this can, can change over the course of uh, a week. But uh, as you mentioned, uh, the big one at uh, 157 between David Carr and, Caleb Young at 165. Uh, Marinelli uh, is listed on going, and uh, Iowa State actually has three as they kind of they try to sort out it, uh, yeah. what they have at 165 with Isaac Judge, Austin Crazer, uh, and Grant Stotts. Um, I think all three of them have had points um, times uh, throughout this early part of the season where they've shown that they could be the uh, the guy, so I think that's going to be ongoing. Um, at 174, uh, you got Kemmerer listed, uh, as long as as well as Nelson Brands. Brands last week, uh, had mentioned earlier in the week he was going to, uh, he was planning on wrestling at the Harold Nichols Open. Uh, Tom Brands had mentioned during the, the weekly press conference that Kemmerer said he was getting the nod and you know that he was going and, and he was going to get the nod and it turned out that brands wrestled uh uh for the second straight duel there so uh you know we'll see how that plays out again this week at 184 uh you've got miles wilson and Ava Saad uh listed uh yesterday during the weekly press conference tom brand said miles wilson is the guy right now um of course uh he's unbeaten um so far this season. Hey Jay, who did you, who did Iowa State have listed at seventy four? Joel Devine. Sorry, I, I skipped over that. But uh, is, is that one? He's listed from uh, West Des Moines Valley. Is that uh, who you thought, Joel Shapiro? Yeah, I I, uh, I I believe that is Joel Shapiro, and must have changed his his last name to Devine. Um, I I went on the website. There's no longer a Shapiro listed on the Iowa State. Uh, uh, roster um, divine is, and I, and I, I believe that to be the picture to be uh, Joel Shapiro. So I'm not, I don't know what the situation is there. I reached out to my friend, former wrestler Gary McCall, but I did not hear back. So okay, if he knew, but all right, I'll see. I'm shooting a quick message to somebody to see if I can uh, uh, get a clarification on that or, or confirmation um, there uh, right now, assuming that's uh, who it is and, and if there's a name change there. Um, 
184. I, I think this is going to be uh, one of the more fun matchups. Um, Marcus Coleman, who's done really, really well so far. Um, you know, against the either Wilson or Assad, assuming it's Wilson. Um, you know, interestingly, it was uh, three years ago, Miles Wilson was a, a freshman um, wrestling in this duel against Marcus Coleman and actually uh, injured his knee and had the medical forfeit um, at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Um, so we could see a rematch of, uh, of that bout that uh, saw Wilson uh, suffer the knee injury and had to come back from that. And now, uh, you know, vying for the starting spot again after going to the U23s this fall uh, earlier in November. Right. Um, many of these weight classes, and, and here in particular with the, with the Iowa uh, two that are, that, you know, whoever is put out on the mat, they're kind of wrestling for their varsity life, I guess, you know, to, so to speak, you know, so mm -hmm. they don't bring in the W or you know, happen to lose or whatever. Now does the other one get favored in, you know, so that gives you a little bit of added motivation, I think, when you get out there. Um, on the other side, Coleman, like I said last week, he, he looks solid, man. He's a, his body is looks good at 184, so he could be a force this year. Um, and I just got confirmation. Same person, just a name change. Um, you know, I believe it's a family uh, thing. So uh, Joel Shapiro, now Joel Devine uh, for Iowa State. So... Um, at 197, you, you mentioned uh, uh, how well Bastida um, from Trinidad, Cuba, um, has done for, for Iowa State this year. Just as, uh, in just about a year of actual folk style wrestling, um, he will face either Glazier or Warner. Um, Glazier has uh, wrestled in the two previous duels. I think that's something where you have to you, you kind of have to favor Iowa State um, right now uh, against Glacier. If it's uh, Warner, um, I think it kind of teeters back to, to him there. Right. Depending on who they put out of the mat, it's kind of a toss-up. I, I, young, younger is fun to watch. He's, <laughs> uh, he does, last year, he did have some fatigue problems, it, it seemed to me, towards the mm -hmm. end of the match. So, uh, and uh, you know, I didn't see him towards the end of the year, but, but – um, you know, so that's going to be fun to watch that for sure. That's one of the toss-up matches, depending on who came out for Iowa for me. Sure, sure. And then at heavyweight, uh, you've got Tony Cassiope uh, versus Sam uh, Schuler. Uh, I would think Cassiope uh, would be a heavy favorite in that one um, as well. Uh, you know, we certainly, uh, you know, I've kind of mentioned that uh, – uh, this could be a lot closer. Uh, do, do you want to kind of give a prediction on, on how you see things going, or is it a little too difficult with all the question marks that really uh, kind of surround this duel? Well, I, I will say this. I, I don't have a prediction for that very reason that you just mentioned. Um, but the, the, uh, the matches where I was favored, I think they're favored. That you could be bonus points. Okay. Possibly. So that helps, obviously, Iowa. Um, and and so, you know, I, I'm just trying to figure out which line, what the lineup is going to be. I don't think we'll know until, you know, meet time. And uh, 
Uh, you kind of like the situation at 74 for Iowa, you know, last week, you know, I, I'm not sure. I think they kind of decided late to throw Nelson in. Um, at least that's what, you know, when we, we got word of it, but um, um, so, I, you know, it's hard, it's hard for me. And, and like I said, five, five to five would be pretty much a, a great day for Iowa state. If they could pull off five wins. So. Sure. Kind of, kind of a few uh, little side points here about the, the, the rivalry or, or the, the series overall. Um, Iowa leads the series 66, 16, and two. Uh, Iowa has won 16 straight, um, 15 in a row in the Cyhawk series, uh, dating back to 20, 2004. Uh, one of the wins during that stretch was actually in national duels competition. So that's kind of factored in separately. So 15 straight in the Cyhawk series for Iowa, 16 in a row overall. Uh, dating back to uh, 2004 when uh, the Cyclones uh, last won. Um, the interesting thing here, too, is uh, in 2010, they introduced the Dan Gable Traveling Trophy. Uh, both schools kind of collaborated for that. And since its, its inception, uh, Iowa is 10-0. So they've uh, been the only team to – to hold that trophy uh, in the series. And, and under Tom Brands, Iowa's 15-0 against Iowa State. So uh, those are a couple uh, stats. It's been one-sided here the last, uh, you know, 15 years or so, but. Uh, Maybe even more. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, um, it's funny, in my lifetime, when I grew up, Iowa State, there was three schools, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma were the three biggies. And then. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, then when uh, Colonel Meyer came in and, and Gable, and uh, you know that's when Iowa became a, a force, and and then Iowa State, you know, in the last twenty years kind of faded out a bit, and uh, but uh, they're doing a good job now rebuilding that. Getting you know they'll be viable. They they're a good team. Obviously, brought home a national championship last year with Carr. Yes, yeah, for sure. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, this. Uh, plays out on on Sunday at Hilton Coliseum uh, I believe it starts at 6 p.m um, for anybody that wants to keep an eye on that and uh, you know certainly in the future uh, you know it was only about three years ago where we had the uh, the dramatics in, in Carvacai arena so even though Iowa has won there have been some some battles, you know, uh, Austin Gomez threw Austin DeSanto to his back and almost got the pin to, to win it. Uh, Iowa had to bring Stoll out at the last minute at heavyweight, uh, you know, to, to kind of keep their chances for a win alive. So there's been a lot of uh, excitement still, even though the results have gone one way, but there's still, uh, still a lot of fun and a lot of excitement around that duel. Absolutely. So maybe we have some of that excitement this year as well. I, I know neither team really wants that, but <laughs> certainly. <laughs> right. So uh, you and I uh, in action, uh, you know, this last weekend, uh, they uh, they did well at the Harold Nichols Open, I believe nine champions. Uh, Parker Kekheisen again, um, winning at uh, uh, 184, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um 
the one that kind of stands out, obviously, because he's an area kid, but Kale Happel, uh, uh, title there at 141. Um, uh, you know, he did well at, uh, uh, I think it was the Dactronics Open. Um, you know, so he's had a pretty good, pretty good start to the season as well, being part of those nine UNI champs. The one that stood out for me was at 133, Julian Farber, who I knew nothing about as a freshman at UNI, beat Kyle Muscoglia, um, mm -hmm. you know, a, a revered high school wrestler in Iowa. I had to look on the roster to see where Farber was from. He's from Georgia. I mean, you don't see from here too many Georgia wrestlers. So he's a freshman. So we'll see what, what's happening. See, you know, that could be interesting. It was a close match, I think five to three or something like that, but. That was an, one that stuck out for me. Yeah, you know, Taylor Lujan, one of those Georgia boys. Uh, oh, yeah. I know Lee, Lee Roper uh, uh, is, I think he's from there. Uh, it, it had a connection down to, to Georgia, so uh, maybe they have a little bit of a pipeline uh, going uh, there as well. But, yeah, that's, uh, um, that's a good uh, – performance for for farber um you know just kind of looking through uh two uh former union wrestlers uh derek holschlag and uh adam aronson both uh coming away with uh titles as well uh holschlag at 157 and then uh aronson at uh, 197 um I believe in the, I think that was the freshman, sophomore uh, bracket. Um, you know, so uh, good showings there. Um, we've got uh, Noah Glazier um, at 197. Uh, they got first. Uh, Patrick Schoenfelter at 174. Uh, Austin Yant, again, uh, a second place finish. He, uh, 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 he medical forfeited uh, against Patrick Kennedy uh, from the University of Iowa, one of four Hawkeyes to, to win it there. But, you know, good, good showings here uh, uh, during these uh, open tournaments for the Panthers uh, and uh, certainly a way to tune up for uh, the duels this weekend. Right. The uh... – Interesting, the if they have, I forgot they're also wrestling. Um, who's the other ranked school? Let's see, Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech, right? So, you and I is the lowest ranked of the three teams. Um, so that's going to be a they'll have their hands full for sure down in Missouri. Um, but and like I think I might have said this earlier, but the, the, the brackets and the nickels weren't particularly deep, or you know, there's some good quality talent, but uh, there weren't a lot of matches, I don't think. Um, right. Some of them had, you know, had nine guys in it, and, and 125 had only three guys in it. So, so it, it was, you know, I, there weren't, weren't a lot of teams there. So I think they're probably disappointed with that. But uh, again, like uh -huh. we said, good quality, and then it was a good warm up for you and I. And uh, Iowa State held some of their guys out. Obviously, Carr didn't wrestle, and and uh, Parker, uh, I don't think Dagan wrestled either. Right. You know, some a lot of those guys. So, yeah, with uh, this will be a really good measuring stick, I think, for uh, you and I getting uh, Missouri 
uh, and Virginia Tech here this Saturday. Not going to the Clifton Las Vegas Invitational uh, like they have in, in years past. Um, you know, but I think this will be uh, kind of a good move if, as they have the uh, collegiate duels, both Iowa. Um, well, I guess you and I will have the you and I open uh, December 11th before the collegiate duel is done in Florida. Um, so got a couple of duels here before uh, one more open event. It's, they have it on their schedule, but I cannot find it in track wrestling, and I cannot find it on Florina. Flor so I don't know where they're going to have the, the brackets and such for the UNI Open. And I was just curious to see what the teams were that were going to attend. So oh, gotcha. Yeah, it'll. I'm not exactly sure either. We'll try to track that down, and maybe maybe we'll be able to find that for uh, for for next week here. Um. But uh, any any other uh, uh, one thing I want to mention here, uh, maybe before we get on with uh, you know some D two D three stuff coming up. Um, earlier today, this is uh, uh, Wednesday, December first. Earlier today, Cornell College announced that they are going to add women's wrestling for the 2023-24 season. Um, it's going to be the uh, 20th uh, varsity sport that the school offers. They're now at 10 men's sports, 10 women's sports. They are the 11th uh, college uh, women's wrestling program in Iowa that uh, uh, has added women's wrestling. Uh, as far as D3 goes, Warburg uh, and Simpson in the American Rivers Conference have uh, added that already. Um, you know, uh, Grandview, obviously, uh, Iowa Wesleyan, Waldorf, William Penn, Indian Hills, Iowa Central, Iowa Western, um, in addition to, of course, the University of Iowa, uh, are part of those, uh, those programs. Um, you know, it looks like uh, they're going to have their, their, head coach search um will accept applications from now until mid-february hope to have a coach named by april and then uh, that coach will begin their duties july 1st of 2022 so uh just another uh a brick in the wall here for for wrestling uh overall and in women's wrestling um adding a a program that is connected to a really rich tradition there at uh, Cornell College. Yeah, that's great news. Good for Cornell. And I think you're going to see more of that. If you, we only have two that you mentioned in the, uh, in the American Rivers Conference. So I think you're going to eventually see all of those schools or nearly all of them uh, have women's wrestling. Yes, I, I think so too. Um, I, I think it's more of a matter of when than, than if. Uh, many of these uh, schools open up, and uh, the the thing that the thing that really kind of hits me a little bit, seeing these programs pop up, it still gives me hope. And I know it's probably chasing a a pipe dream that Kirkwood will 
add men's and women's wrestling. Uh, you know, they, they had a men's program until maybe the mid to late 80s uh, and then dropped it. Uh, I know one of the arguments against is that there's no sister sport or, or no like sport to keep their numbers even between men's and women's uh, programs. This would be a perfect opportunity to start men's and women's at Kirkwood, which I always thought, uh, you know, would thrive here. Um, you know, given the, you know, the wrestling in this area uh, for for many many years. So, uh, if you take a forty mile radius and draw it all around Kirkwood in the last. 20, 30 years since they dropped it. Oh my gosh, I can't even tell you the net number of national championships I think they would have won. If they oh, could sure. That talent, which I, I, th- I think so. I think for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I know with Johnson Hall, I know that there's been, you know, oh, we don't have the facilities for it. I, I think there's ways that that could happen. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I still hold out hope that uh, maybe the uh, the ability to start a women's and men's program simultaneously uh, would lead to something like that at Kirkwood. KJ, can I also throw Drake into that? Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. That would be that would be a great opportunity there to to rekindle that uh, men's program by by starting up the women's program along, uh, you know, simultaneously. Right. You know, that that would be fantastic. You know, we can we could hope, I guess, right? Keep those fingers crossed, um, and everything. So, uh, kudos to Cornell. It'll be interesting to kind of keep an eye on on their uh, their search. You know, they've had some females involved with the men's program. Uh, I, I saw one thing. Uh, one message on Twitter that said coach DeRoe would be proud and Mike, the late Mike DeRoe um, did work with uh, women's wrestling. I know he, uh, uh, he was very involved with USA wrestling. He, he also coached uh, female athletes from Guam in the 2008 uh, Olympics in, in Beijing. Um, so this would be a move that uh, he certainly would, uh, that he, he would like to have seen. Um, so I, I think they nailed it there. Coach Darrell would, uh, be happy that Cornell has a women's program, uh, starting up here, uh, in a season or two. Um, but, uh, uh, not a real busy weekend for, for D2 or D3 schools, uh, uh, wrestling in, in the area, but, uh, um, you know, that could, that could change here, um, this week. In about in about one day it starts. Yeah. <laughs> this week is power packed with with D three competition starting tomorrow. Uh, number one, Loris. I'm going by the NWCA rankings because uh-huh. if you go to different rankings, then you have Warburg that's ranked number one. But in the NWCA rankings, uh, number one, Loris will be will be venturing up to Minneapolis to to wrestle number three, Augsburg. So it starts there on Thursday, and then it doesn't it doesn't cool down. <laughs> um, it's fun. Uh, Warburg wrestles Luther. Number two, Warburg wrestles Luther. Uh, Cornell travels to West, Wisconsin for the MSOE Invitational. Uh, Dubuque goes to Northern Ohio for the Invitational. And the one that I'm probably most interested, besides that Loris Augsburg meet, 
is uh, Coe goes up to, to lacrosse where uh, our former Xavier coach, uh, Dave Malachek is the coach. And they, he, number four, Coe will wrestle number five lacrosse and number nine, North Central. And I'm going to tell you, I wow. think North Central's ranked too low. Is there a tough really? Yeah, so keep an eye on those. It's going to be fun to watch that triangular. So D3 is just, it's it's firing off this week. So Yeah, the start of the month, really uh, some hot action before they kind of uh, step back for the Christmas break uh, or for finals, really, right. is what it is, a week off for finals. But, uh, yeah, those are some great contests. And uh, it would be interesting to see how that shakes out. It could could shake up the top ten a little bit, uh, depending on how those results go. Right. And, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Augsburg upsets Loris, then what happens there? If, you know, with number four, Co, five of lacrosse, and nine North Central, that mean, like, who knows? It would be fun to watch. That's what it's about. For sure. For sure. Um, you know, I, I know uh, Upper Iowa has the uh, – oh, the uh, – tournament in Indianapolis. I can't remember. Midwest Championships uh, in a couple weeks. Um, but uh, what do they have uh, here? They have, they're coming up. a duel with Augustana, South Dakota Augustana. So it, that's it's on it, uh, that at? It's, I believe it's at Augustana and I okay. think it's Friday. Is that? So, you know, in all of these meets that I'm mentioning, you can watch online. You can, for free. I mean, you can go and you go to their schedule and click on watch and, and, uh, um, not the tournaments yeah, that might, you might have to pay for, but the, the duels generally, you can just click on their schedule and, and watch it. See, and how great is that for the sport? I love uh, it. To, to have that accessibility and to be able to watch, uh, you know, these weekly duels, uh, where before, you know, you didn't have that, you didn't have that opportunity. So, uh, this is a great way to kind of spread not only, uh, you know, D2, D3 athletics, but to, to build interest in the sport and uh, really kind of promote it um, over a long distance. Right. And I, and I having watched a number of them, uh, it's neat because it's the, the student production. So, you know, they're in the, in the media. I know for, for instance, uh, Warburg, it's their – their media, I don't know what, what the college is called, but that, uh, that they're, uh, those kids are coming out, the production crew, the, 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 uh, the uh, uh, announcers. And so it's fun to see that the students doing it. And it's, you know, when you listen to it, you're not hearing particularly well-versed wrestling people necessarily. You know, they may say, you know, they had a grab down or something like that. <laughs> Instead of a takedown or, you know, but, uh, you know, you get that. But I, I don't care. I'm, I'm so excited to, one, to be able to see it. And, two, I like that those announcers get a chance and an opportunity to, to, to improve their skills. So, And just a little heads up, one of our uh, friends and producer of this podcast, Nathan Ford, uh, was a part of that group. Uh, uh, at Warper uh, at one time. So uh, there you go. So um, so college wrestling heating up uh, quite a bit. Big week uh, for them as they kind of approach this, uh, not really a midway point, but uh, the holiday break uh, certainly 
uh, it's kind of a transitional period to uh, uh, run after the new year. Um, but uh, we'll close things up. And and uh, do you want to keep uh, sharing that line that was on that poster? Gee, I can't remember it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's keep running. Hustling on the move. <laughs> All right. Thanks for watching, everybody.